Charlie chewed on her bottom lip. It slipped on her teeth from the Vaseline. Caitlin was struggling to get her boots off and worried she'd crash into one of the skewer frames on the wall or the ornaments on the table in the hallway. Don't worry, it's just one of those things, isn't it? What are you going to do? Caitlin was trying to console her, but she wasn't achieving it. Charlie's frustration had been mostly emoji-based between them until now. And in person, she was privy to a different side to her all of a sudden. They'd been booked onto a crafting weekend away in the hills, off-grid, with about ten women cutting and sticking with a local master of craft called Anna, a guru, a legend in the town. A lot of people were very proud to say they knew her. She'd worked in various galleries and art shops in the area. She was the Rizzo of the glue gun. Charlie and her had been to a silent indie disco together recently and done an edible. Caitlin didn't really know what that was, though. It was only meant to be the Saturday night, and it was a youth hostel, but they'd been looking forward to it since Christmas. Caitlin had even bought some spiced rum off the internet to share. But Charlie's son had been the latest victim of the flu that was ravaging the town, and he was shivering upstairs in his bed with five layers of clothes on, two hats, three pairs of football socks, and a temperature of 39. Caitlin could hear an audiobook being narrated while she passed the bottom of the staircase. She heard mention of paper hats over pheasants' heads and then knew it was Danny the champion of the world. That was a particularly father prominent choice, she thought. She'd never asked about his dad. She assumed because he'd not been mentioned that it wasn't an easy one for Charlie to get into, so she'd left it. Charlie stared at the kettle boiling watching the water begin to fizz and bubble through the see-through casing, while Caitlin played with the cat and his toy mouse on a stick. Charlie pinched the skin on her hips in her new T-shirt, just to check on things. And then she snapped out of it when she caught sight of Caitlin doing an impression of a mischievous, upper-class mouse. She smiled at her kneeling down on the cold tiles, absorbed in the game and she tried to shake off her sullenness. I'm sorry, mate, I'm being annoying and ungrateful. Caitlin stood up and smiled back. Am I terrible? said Charlie. Caitlin just shook her head and left Charlie to fill the teapot and then grab a little flea circus milk jug from the top shelf. Unnecessary, but a nice addition. You say you wouldn't have enjoyed it without me, but I think you're just being you. She filled the milk jug. Even when I book things months in advance, they get stolen off me. You're so lucky. Stolen, thought Caitlin. Charlie put the milk lid back on the milk and didn't twist the lid securely enough. After a pause, Charlie realised that she might have sounded patronising but now didn't know how to explain it without making it worse. I I didn't mean... And then she put her head in her hands to show she was a nightmare and pushed the fridge closed firmly, making some jars rattle. I'm losing it, mate. Is this the Middle Ages now? Caitlin didn't want to say anything in response. She felt she needed to realise that she was stepping into something that needed some work on its own. 
She'd felt for a while that Charlie sometimes resented having a child. She obviously adored Peter, but she often admitted that he got in the way of her calendar sometimes. Her recent new job at a school seemed to be making much tougher demands on her free time too, and she seemed quite strange when one of the swimming girls had suggested a play that she couldn't go to. And she made a huge point of saying how much it would have been her cup of tea and how she was familiar with the writer's work. They were all such a sharp and ironic group. Caitlin was sure Charlie realised how insecure and desperate she was seeming. But maybe not. Then straight after this, there'd been a lot of talk in the chat from Charlie about a festival she'd found, which she said that they should all book tickets for but it had only received a few party hat emojis and no commitment, so she dropped it. To try and make up for it, Caitlin had suggested they move the weekend to Charlie's house for the afternoon and evening instead. They'd both been flattened by the same flu themselves this month, so there was nothing about the house that needed to be quarantined. They'd bought all the materials anyway too, so they just needed the basic ideas from Anna and then given the circumstances and the fact that they'd already paid, she was happy to email them all the plans with photos and instructions and then encourage them to post them all on Facebook. They dragged her small table from the kitchen into her living room and opened up the second semicircle to give them a round space to stretch out. Both had admitted they wouldn't manage more than half an hour on the floor with their lower backs. Anna had given the title a tribute to glossy paper and they'd been collecting catalogues and magazines and farm food flyers and local MP flyers and anything that came through the door that was glossy since Christmas. Some low volume Van Morrison made the scene seem like a warm bath. Some party food in the oven was trying not to burn itself because Charlie was worried the oven element was broken. They dived in. They snipped with precision. Something appealed about the Argos catalogue and Charlie was leaning towards a homage to the opening scene of 2001 with the apes cut out from catalogue irons. Charlie asked if she was being ironic and they did a little rum cheers to the joke and then the arrival of Moondance. Caitlin then convinced Charlie that his real name was Vaniel Morrison and it was an old Irish name. Charlie laughed but obviously wasn't quite sure if that was true or not. Do you know the Chinese came up with paper by studying paper wasps? They macerate to form a pulp for their nests. Caitlin was impressed and buzzed into a new sheet from the screw fix. And the Bayou Tapestry is not even a tapestry. She was just showing off now and she knew it. She raised an eyebrow and did a little smug face and smile celebrating with a sip of rum and Pepsi. I'm going to call you Alexa for the rest of the night now, said Caitlin. I've always thought she'd be mates with us. After their first piece, Charlie went to check on Peter because Caitlin had been asking about him a few times. Caitlin restocked the snacks from the kitchen and poured them another rum and then looked at the cuttings all over the table and the floor. It was an excellent sight. Then the night became unexpectedly raucous. Things escalated 
when the Pepsi ran out. Peter was fast asleep, so suddenly Alexa instigated a Taylor Swift sing-along for the final stages of an origami pet shop. That took them to midnight. There was talk of a sofa bed, but Caitlin knew that there would be a cab at the train station that would drop her home at any point. After a little bit more late-night talking, they arranged their creations on a tidy table. Charlie took a photo, and then they did a selfie, both nearly falling over by leaning back. What do you think they're doing at the hostel then? Charlie asked, whilst working the special knack needed to start a broken dishwasher. Caitlin seemed a bit confused that she'd even mentioned it. She brushed it off with a shrug and didn't seem interested. Charlie then laughed it off, obviously a bit embarrassed now that she'd even mentioned it and possibly spoiled things. Then she winced at her back as she rose from the dishwasher. Caitlin had already got her coat on and was now searching through her phone for the taxi's number, edging her way towards the hallway. <laughs> 